Hey, thanks, Matt. Good morning, everyone. Uh, isn't it great to hear the stories of what God's doing through, in and through the life of His people uh, in this church uh, as uh, we, we serve Him? Well, welcome to all of you that are in the room here this morning. Great to be here. What a great weekend it was last uh, weekend uh, and just exciting across the weekend. And to those that are watching online right now, great to have you with us as well too. We've even got our Eagle Hawk campus that are joining us this morning for this part of the service. So we want to welcome them uh, as they engage uh, uh, in, in the message. And so good to have you. Well, hey, last Monday, Julie and I decided that uh, we would go out light shopping for lights, as you do. Um, and so we're out and about, and I, look, I haven't done anything like this for a very long period of time. We're shopping for lights for a house, just to kind of make that clear. And, and as we were doing that, I was kind of gobsmacked by the vast array of lighting options that you were greeted with when you step into a lighting store. You know, it's not just kind of four or five, it's multiple options you can choose from. Well, anyhow, in the course of this, and we're kind of looking at each other thinking, oh, gosh, well, how does that work? And we've got questions. So I got the attention of the salesperson who kind of came over our way and began to kind of answer some questions that we had about lighting. And in the course of our dialogue, uh, we, we just said, look, we've sold our house. Uh, we're downsizing. We're building something a bit smaller now that most of our, uh, we've got adult kids and they're kind of moving out of the house. To which he then looked at us both and he said, oh, I wouldn't have thought you would have been old enough to have adult children. And I thought, oh, I kind of laughed at that moment thinking, you know what, uh, uh, to myself, I'm a very good salesperson, but uh, you're being a little overly generous with the compliments right here. I said, well, mate, you know what? Just have a look at the side of my hair. I've got a bit of gray going on here and I am more than old enough. I said, we've even got a granddaughter. To which he then did a double take and I am not lying when I say this. He said, well, I'll be, he said, you don't look a day over 40. I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is good. I said, and now I'm thinking, you know what? This is not good because Julie's just thinking I could probably spend twice as much money now here in this store. <laughs> you know, have you ever been on the receiving end of a compliment? Oh, well, not only a compliment, but of, of, of the generous response of somebody else. Now, you know, when we think of generosity, we often think about money, don't we? That's kind of where our minds immediately go. And whilst being generous can be about money, it's so much more than that. The generosity actually extends to things like small acts of kindness, compassion that might just get showered upon us by friends, family members, or even a complete stranger. You know, uh, I was having a conversation with a couple of good friends of ours that used to be here, now down in Geelong, and we kind of do this thing where we, uh, we catch up for a virtual coffee. And so uh, just a week ago, we're, we're on uh, Zoom or FaceTime together and we're having our virtual coffee together. And they were just sharing about where they're living currently in Leopold and just how beautiful the community is there. And they just shared a story of uh, being down at the store uh, about to purchase their groceries and realizing that they didn't have their wallets. But it was all okay because there was someone behind them who said, hey, don't worry about that. I will take care of your groceries. Just generous in their response to, to them as a couple. Or, or maybe, maybe that's been your experience. Or, or maybe your experience of generosity has just been uh, somebody uh, being timely in a moment of crisis for you as an individual, or as a family. And they've just unexpectedly turned up and they have done just something incredibly generous for you. Or maybe it's, it's a word of encouragement. Maybe it's a compliment. 
You know, the generosity kind of hits us in different ways. Uh, and one of the things, I don't know about you, but I think generosity, this, this notion of being generous, is a trait that we all, a characteristic that we can all understand and we appreciate. You know, we teach our kids, hey, be generous. It's important for you to be generous. Uh, you know, make sure you kind of be generous with one another. But where, why? Why be generous? You know, you, you can read all kinds of articles or books that will talk about the importance of being generous. And yeah, it's good to be generous. But I can even stand and talk about a message around generosity. Why? Why be generous? You know, as we're going to start a series over the next few weeks called Generous, we actually want to uh, have a conversation that talks about being generous people in all or every sphere of our lives. But why? You know, my goal today as we kind of dip into this is just for a very short period of time is to answer the, the question that lies behind the why, the, the, the why behind giving rather than getting, the why behind being generous or, or pursuing a life of generosity. Because I think the why is really important. If we get the why, the, the rest of what it looks like to be a, a generous people or a generous community all begins to, to kind of fall into place. So why don't I just pray for a moment? And we'll keep diving into this. Father, thank you this morning for the opportunity to uh, talk about something that I think is incredibly dear to your hearts. And Father, I pray that as we open your word today, as we look at various scriptures, that you would speak uh, into our lives, young and old, uh, Lord, wherever we might be, whether uh, we feel that we can be generous or not, Lord, we, we ask that your spirit would speak to us. Engage our heads and our hearts, we pray in this moment, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, why would we be generous? Well, I actually think the idea of generosity, uh, it is connected into the, the heart of God's. And there's a couple of things that, you know, when we talk about generosity, that there are two really important things that I think we've got to look at in the Scriptures. First and foremost, it is the, the nature of God. In other words, it's, a, it's, a, it's an understanding of well, who is God and then how in which do we relate to God. It's the relationship that we have to Him. So who is God and then how do we relate to Him? You see, you look through the Scriptures and you find over and over again that God is generous in Himself. Um, you know, you see it. You see his amazing generosity. It's displayed from one end of the scriptures to the other end. In every book of the Bible, you've got countless examples of God's generosity. From the very beginning uh, in which uh, uh, he says, let there be light to, to the very end in Revelation where he says, and surely I am coming soon. You've got this idea of God being generous. It's consistently, he is showing us that he is a giving God's. Now, I want to give you a few examples this morning, and we're just going to fly through some of these, and I'm going to encourage you, this will be your exercise at some point, is to go back and to dip into this, but I want to just show you from the Scriptures, because I don't want this just to be about something I'm saying to you. I want us to see that we, we see it right there that God is giving. See, in Genesis chapter 1, sorry, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we get this idea of God giving us life. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. God gives life. You see it in the book of Deuteronomy uh, when God gives laws to protect his own people. 
Now, we don't often think about it in this way, but really the Ten Commandments that we have got is really just God uh, giving a framework for his people for the way in which they can conduct themselves so that life goes well. What, what does it say in Deuteronomy? Well, Moses said to the Israelites, stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosperous lives in the land that you're about to enter and to occupy. We see it in Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, where uh, uh, God gives the promised land to the Israelites, to his own chosen people. They go in to take that. Matt just spoke about it a moment ago when they established this memorial of stones of remembrance where they would remember uh, what God had just given to them. Oh, it's a beautiful picture. You know, there's a reason why often we make memorials and we memorialize the memorial and we forget the reason for the memorial. But there is a reason for that. It's to remind us of what God has given to us. It's why we do communion. It's a moment of a memorial where we remember what God has given to us. Uh, in Jonah chapter 3, this is just one other example. You, you see this idea where God is giving people an opportunity to repent, to turn away and, and to be gracious with them. This is what Jonah 3.10 says. When God saw what they had done, or saw what they had done, and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and he did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. You see it over and over again in the, uh, in the Old Testament. And you see it in the New Testament scriptures as well too. Uh, in, the, in the Gospel of Matthew, it talks about the fact that uh, um, we've been given the gift of God's Son, Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. And then in John chapter 14, just before Jesus goes, he, he says to his disciples that he's going to give to them the gift of his own Holy Spirit. He says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. In the book of Corinthians, we're told that we've been given spiritual gifts. In the book of 2 Corinthians, we've been told that we've been given a new life and a new identity in Christ. And then in the book of 1 Timothy, we have been given everything to enjoy. This is what Timothy writes. He says, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all that we need for our own enjoyments. God's generosity is clear over and over and over again. And, and, and if not, the greatest example of generosity is really what we've just celebrated at Easter. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It says towards the, uh, the beginning of verse 17, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. For God so loved that he gave. Our God is a giving God. You see it right throughout the scriptures, time and time and time again. So what's that say? Well, really, that, that, that is the theological or the spiritual basis behind the why. It's the why. It's the why behind our Christian generosity. It's why we do what we do. It's why we do what we do in the community. It's why we do in terms of using our gifts. It's why we use our talents and our treasures. That's what drives it. It's not because we're looking to tick a box or it's because we're going to get maybe some reward that, that, that's the driver of it. No, no, no. We do it uh, out of a response. Now, if that's the, the foundation for that, you know, what's that look like then on a practical level? Yeah, and when we choose to live a life of generosity, because, well, 
it kind of comes out of these two inescapable truths. If God is generous in himself, that's who he is, then our response really kind of comes out of the fact that we belong to him and we have received much from him. That's what drives it. Let's just dig around for a moment in this whole idea that we belong to God. Paul writes this to the church in Corinth. He says in uh, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 6, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Paul says you do not belong, you don't belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. We belong to God. Peter, uh, in his uh, letter, 1 Peter chapter 2, tells us that Christians are a chosen people. They are God's very own possession. So if, as believers, we have no claim to our own possessions, I think it's safe to assume that uh, we must also forfeit ownership and control of our own possessions. I mean, after all, everything that we have and everything that we are we're told from the Scriptures, is a gift from God. Now, in a way, this has implications for all of creation, even for those who uh, might consider themselves not to necessarily be uh, adherents to the Christian faith or what they might call as a, as a friend of God's. Because God's Word says this. He says in Psalm 24, verse 1, that He's the owner of everything. He says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. So whether we want to believe it or not, God's Word, God says to us, ultimately, everything belongs to Him. We belong to God. Now, we not only belong to Him, but the Bible teaches us that we've also received much from Him. You know, uh, just a moment ago, I kind of gave us some examples from beginning to end of just God's gift and His goodness to all of humanity. You know, it's clear that God's grace uh, towards us is excessively abundant. And if we were to stop and to take stock of our blessings, all of us here in this room, the reality is we'd be quickly overwhelmed by all that He has done. And, and that statement applies to us regardless of where we might find ourselves today. It applies to us regardless of every condition or situation we might be in because we're told that in Christ we are heirs of God's kingdom and of the unlimited assets that pertain to it. You know, take a moment and read through Ephesians chapter 1 later on today. You get an overwhelming sense of just God's generosity displayed or poured out into all of our lives. And Paul says again in his letter to the Corinthians, he says, everything belongs to you, talking to the Corinthians. And you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. We belong to Him, and we are the recipients. You know, we have been blessed. We have received much from Him, but here's the challenge for us. With what we have received from Him, you know, uh, abundant blessings means that we have weighty responsibilities. In the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 10, verse 48, Jesus said, When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. The message, really, it couldn't be any clearer for any of us. You see, our wealth and our possessions, everything that's been given to us by God, it's His. 
and, and he's given them to us to use for our own enjoyment. There's no doubt about that, but also for the benefit of those that are around us. Put simply, the generous life is the overflow from our own life in Christ. We belong to him, we receive much from him. It's a heart response. That, that's what drives generosity. Can, can somebody be generous who's not a follower of Jesus? Absolutely. That can be an altruistic response. It's just kind of like, you know what, well, I, my parents taught me to be generous, and so I'm just going to be generous. But if you really want to understand the why behind generosity, uh, uh, as you begin to dig down into the Word of God and begin to understand that, you know, the nature of God and how we then relate to Him is that we belong to Him and we receive much from Him. And so that's what then begins to drive everything that we do as followers of Jesus. It changes everything. And so in that sense, when we think about being generous, and I'm not just talking about our money, I'm talking about in every sphere of our life, really, uh, those that follow Christ, their lives should be marked by a cheerful, outrageous, and, extra and an extravagant generosity. That's what our lives should look like. So what's the outcomes? What are the, what are the outcomes of a life that is marked by, by, by generosity? Because I think that's really important. You know, by God's grace, uh, what happens is that other people's lives are blessed by that. But I think sometimes we, we stop to forget that there is a blessing that flows back into our own lives as we endeavor to live as generous individuals in all spheres of our lives. And why don't we just maybe give you some examples today and then kind of wrap it up with some application for us to be thinking about. But you know, I think one of the first outcomes and one of the greatest outcomes of us choosing to be generous in all spheres of our lives is that we become a little bit more like Jesus. That's what happens. You know, gaze long enough upon Christ and it's going to impact and influence the way in which you live out your life. That's just what happens. It's the byproduct of, of walking close with Jesus. You know, that moment that we come to faith in Jesus where we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, He's the Savior of the world and, and that we yield our lives to Him, we bow our knees and we ask Him to, to uh, forgive us of our sins and we embrace Him. There is a beginning in our spiritual journey from that moment forward where each and every day as we continue to gaze upon Christ that our, that our lives, they're, they're transformed. What's making us more and more generous? It's not uh, our altruistic nature it is the fact that we are spending time with christ and as we spend time with him it's beginning to transform our lives that's a great outcome when you think about pursuing a, 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 a pursuing a generous life when you think about you know i actually want to be a more and more of a generous individual that the outcome of that is that we are becoming more and more like jesus exactly what the spirit of god is wanting to do in our lives it's a good thing but here's the second thing. You see, when we choose to pursue a generous life, what's going on in us is that uh, we, we are gaining, I think, freedom from also from materialism. That's what's happening. Now, we don't need to be rocket scientists, do we, to realize that in our Western world, it's incredibly materialistic. We have this infatuation with gathering more and more stuff. Now, before you kind of want to push back at me, just think about this. And this may not be true for you, but let's talk about 
maybe this is not an I statement, this is about, you know, when we kind of look around and see what goes on, because we see it, is that how do we know if we've got an infatuation with stuff? Because stuff's not necessarily bad, but if our lives are becoming consumed with it, we only have to open up our garage, don't we? Because we can't get our cars in there any longer, because the garage has become full of stuff. And we put it in the garage because we think, well, you know what? We might need this stuff at some other point. And so we stack it in the garage for another day. And when we can't find the stuff, we end up going and buying more stuff to replace the stuff that we can't find. And then what happens if we can't get any stuff into our garages? We go and we rent storage spaces for our stuff. Now, people are laughing. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And if that's you, I'm not trying to have a go at you today. But I am trying to make the point and say... Do you know what? There is this fascination in our Western world with gaining more and more and more stuff. And it's not necessarily right. What's the antidote? It's choosing to give instead of get. That's the difference. That's what changes that. It's choosing to uh, embrace a lifestyle that says, you know what, my, my focus in life is going to be about giving, about being generous rather than about what I am getting for myself. Now, I get that we get things and, you know what, there's good stewardship around keeping some things and, and putting them in your garage. Don't hear me wrong on all of that stuff, Okay. But it's the excessive nature of all of that. You know, if there is an infatuation around just accumulation, then we know that materialism has a grip on our own lives and and stuff needs to be broken there. You see, giving is one way. Being generous uh, with what has been given to us is one way of doing that. Here's a third thing. A third benefit of a life of generosity. Uh, I want to say it's It's joy. We are infused with joy when we choose to be generous. You know, there's a story that uh, Jesus told of this, uh, of this young man who had found a treasure in the field and we talked about his joy. What's he do? He goes away and he sells everything in order to gain this treasure. Now, we kind of think about the story. Oh, it's a bit confronting. He sold everything just to buy the field so he got the treasure and we might be tempted to feel sorry for this individual. But we're not. See, the point of it is that we're actually being called to imitate him. It cost him, yes, but he gained everything he wanted. It filled him with joy. And so when it comes to giving, when it comes to being generous, this idea of generosity is that the benefits vastly outweigh the costs. And the more that we choose to be generous, the more we delight in it. And the more that we're told in the Scriptures that God delights in us. And here's one last one. And certainly not in any regards the, the, the least uh, uh, in terms of importance. But I think uh, there is also this sense that we store up eternal rewards in heaven. Now, we, we tend to shy away from talking about rewards. Our world is driven by rewards. There's no doubt about that. You know, we oh, hang on, no, no, we don't want to go there. But it's also clear in the Scriptures that we are told that we will store up, if we are storing up treasure in heaven, there are eternal rewards for those moments in which we, we do good works. It's clear in Romans chapter 2, verse 6, and Ephesians 6, verse 8. Uh, there are eternal rewards for persevering in times of persecution and also for showing compassion to the needy. 
In Matthew 19, Jesus said to the rich young man, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure. On this earth? No. You will have treasure in heaven. See, it's clear, I think, from Scripture that God grants rewards for those who choose to live generous lives. But what does that all mean for us? You know, practically speaking today, you know, as we think about the idea of being generous, we have a gen- God is generous in himself. That, that stands head and shoulders. In any conversation about being generous, we have to actually kind of go to that place first and understand that we have a generous God who has given us everything. And as we relate to him and our relationship with him, if, if he is generous by nature and we belong to him and we have received much from him, then as his children, as his sons and daughters, as his own special possession, then we too ought to be generous individuals. If we're sitting here today and thinking, Jim, I'm a little stingy, then maybe we should be feeling a little challenged by all of that because we have a generous God. We can't escape that fact. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave everything. The idea of us being stingy doesn't even, that is so far away from what God is. It's the exact opposite. So so what does that mean for us? You know, what's the Spirit of God maybe saying to, to each of us here in this room, maybe online today as well too, as we think about uh, living as generous people here in this world. Because I want to say, this world needs to see generosity. It does see generosity, and we see examples of that, but it really needs to see uh, followers of Jesus living out what does it look like to be generous individuals. Because when we, when, when we display it, we are putting God on display. And, and when we do that, God is getting the glory and all of that as well too. So what does it look like, practically speaking, you know, some of us are young in this room. We're, we're, we're children or we're teenagers or, or young adults or we're, we're older adults or, or we're retirees. You know, what's God saying to us right now? Hey, maybe you share just a few things with you to be thinking about that might be a next step for you. You see, maybe for some of us as we sit here today or we're watching online right now is that we're hearing for the first time or, or it's hitting us in a fresh new way, uh, this, this idea that we've been loved by God and that God has given us his son and that is the greatest gift that we could ever receive. And, and if that's you today, you're sitting here and you're kind of wrestling with that and you're thinking about, am I in this relationship with this God who gives? And maybe you're realizing, no, I'm not. Can I just say right now that there is no... Uh, the, 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 the first step, the most important step for you is to really think about, well, what does it look like for me to be in relationship with him, to, to give him my heart and to take steps towards him rather than steps away from him? He's a generous God. And like I said a moment ago, he didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That's what Easter is all about. And he continues to keep holding himself up to each and every one of us and saying, here I am. I am generously giving myself to you will you embrace me and maybe for you that's your first step it's just about embracing jesus christ as your own lord and savior or maybe you're here with us today and you're kind of beginning to realize maybe for the first time that uh, you've actually got a why 
behind the idea of being generous. You never thought about that before, but you're kind of realizing, I've got a giving God. He's given everything to me, and if I belong to him and have received much from him, then I've got a responsibility then in the way in which I also choose to live out my life. And maybe it's just as simple as going away and spending some time and thinking or asking God, God, give me some discernment around what does it look like for me today to live a a life of generosity? Or maybe even over the coming weeks, this is part of the journey that you're going to be on. Digging into God's Word, God, show me where you've been generous. Show me where I'm not being generous. Help me to live a generosity. Or or maybe for you, it's it's a realization that materialism has a bit of a grip on your life. And I think if we're all honest, maybe many of us here, we could say, you know what? Gee, it's, we live in the West. And as part of someone who lives in a Western culture, we are just bombarded with, you know what? You should have this and you should have this. And if you don't have the money for it now, you can kind of pay later. You can have it now and you can just pay later. And so you get a hold of this right now. You deserve to have this right now. I mean, that's the message we are sent all the time. Again, I'm not saying that stuff is wrong. But maybe for you today, you know, uh, it's thinking through some of that. Can I say to the parents here in this room, one of the greatest gifts you can give to your kids is to help them understand that uh, uh, this pull that materialism has on our lives, that life is not all about what we get, but it's about what we give. And one of the greatest ways in which you can help your kids to understand that is to show them, model it to them. You know, uh, it's not just... uh, yeah. In all areas of our lives, around why we choose to use the time, we, 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 you know, why do we go and do what we do with our time? Or what are we doing with our talents and even our treasures? I mean, how many of us as parents have sat down and gone, you know what, kids, you know what, hey, this is what we are choosing to give back to the church. I can guarantee you kids are going to say, What? Why are you giving that to the church? Great learning opportunity in that moment to talk about that. Life doesn't just revolve around all the things that we want to get. It's about what we want to give. And so, hey, this is what we give. We give a portion of what's being, you know, given to us by God because we, we, we realize we've been blessed. Or this is why we get involved in these ministries and we give of our time or our talents. Or this is why we get involved in the community. This is why I serve as a sports chaplain on a Saturday and I kind of turn up, I give him my time. We've only got so much time in this world. You give it away, you've got to be able to be a good steward of your time and say, well, this is why I give it away. You know, one of the greatest gifts that we can give to kids or grandparents you can give to your grandkids is to help them see that as well too because it's going to nurture them and help them to grow up to be well-rounded and to, to, um, to be free from the grip of materialism some of the areas of their lives. And maybe one other thing. You know, maybe it's as simple as doing an audit. You see, uh, sitting down and taking a moment to think through, you know what, well, how generous am I really being? And you see, this is not just about money. This is, I realize generosity is about money, but there's so much more than just kind of what we might give in terms of money It's about how generous are we as individuals in all areas of our lives. Put it out there. How generous are we in our homes? It's a good question, isn't it? You know, what are our interactions like with our siblings or with our, um, our children or even our spouse? 
Is that good? Are you, are you generous in your, your encouragement, your affirmation, uh, uh, those environments? Is it a generous environment? Or how generous are you in your work environments? You know, do you do the least or you do the most to kind of help uh, in your particular business organization or place in which you are employed? Or do you think of those, your work colleagues around you and think around, well, how could I actually uh, uh, give away myself generously to kind of maybe make their work environment even easier as well too? Or how generous am I to the church? And what's that look like? You know what? Doing an audit of your life, asking God, the Spirit of God to say, you know what, would you help me to understand where the gaps might be in my life and then make the adjustments wherever it might be necessary. We have a generous God who is generous in and himself and has given us all things, not just for ourselves, not just for our own enjoyment, but for the blessing of other people as well too. You know, imagine with me for just a moment, what might shift, maybe not even in our own lives, but in the lives of those around us and the place that God puts us, if we were to kind of take on a generous challenge. And I don't know what that might look like for you because it's going to be unique to you. I've got to think about it in my own life as well too, but over the coming weeks that we were to say, God, you know what? I'm going to be an open book. And I'm going to open up my life and I'm going to ask your spirit, would you speak to me around maybe the areas of my life that you want me to be more generous? For God so loved the world that he gave. What it looks like here might look different in three or four months' time. It might look right here. But it's this whole thing of us saying, you know what? I am choosing to live a life that's marked by generosity. And I want it to impact my life. I want to be a more generous person. I want to become more and more like Jesus. Imagine what that could do in terms of transforming our lives and the lives of those around us if we were to embrace a generous challenge. I can't tell you what the challenge is. You can. Because you need to actually spend some time with God and say, God, what are you saying to me? But then, you know, obedience is always then that next step to say, well, God, if that's what you're saying to me, then this is what I need to do. You know, uh, we need to be praying for one another in this series that, you know what, God will be speaking to us, to, to each of us, around what it looks like for us to be generous people in all areas of our lives. And one of the greatest outcomes of that, if nothing else, is that you and I will become just a little bit more like Jesus. And I can tell you that there is going to be a benefit to a watching world that sees that as well too. Hey, would you join me? Hey, why don't you stand with me uh, as, I, uh, as I pray for us. Father, we uh, are so grateful as we look through the Scriptures that it is clear that you are a God of incredible generosity. And that is what truly impacts us today as we think about a beginning of a series, we talk about a why, that you show us over and over again what it looks like to be generous. You have been incredibly generous to all of us. Whether we want to embrace it or whether we don't, you are a generous, loving, extravagant God. And we honor you for that today. We just acknowledge that. God, we are humbled by that. We are humbled 
by the way in which you've poured out that generosity into our lives. And we're just reminded about that as we come off the back end of Easter and as we begin to look forward, we realize that the same generosity that you've showered upon us, that you then also then want us to live as generous people. Father, we invite your spirit this morning to speak deeply into our hearts. Whether it's for the person who is realizing the generous nature of your love and wants to embrace your son, Jesus Christ, as their own Lord and Savior for the very first time. Right through to whether it's just us doing an audit of our own lives and having a bit of a deeper think around how well we're doing. Father, we invite you to do that right now. Would you move in our lives in accordance with your will? God, may you be glorified. Lord, my prayer is that as we endeavor to live out of the generosity that's been given to us, that you would transform lives of other people as well. As you do that in us, may it point other people towards Jesus. And we pray that for his name's sake. And everyone said, Amen.